Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you again, and today is Friday, May 7th. We have the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, and there was a lot going on this week, including head coach Urban Meyer getting a new perspective of the NFL draft, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks on Trevor Lawrence's star power, Plus, Judy Batista's review of her week around the Jags organization during the draft, including insight to the Jaguars' focus on sports performance. Of course, remember to subscribe to the Jaguars' official podcast network, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you download your podcasts, and give us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer reviewing the draft with Jaguars reporter Ashwin Sullivan in a piece on Jaguars.com. Wrapping up the NFL draft with head coach Urban Meyer. Did anything surprise you coming out of this? I've always been on the other end. I was counting them up. I want to say about 10 times I got to sit in the green room with the players getting drafted and, and watching their faces and their mom and their father and their, you know, and you see it's a life-changing moment for them. And, uh, and then to be on the other end of it and say, hey, uh, you're a Jaguar. Felt kind of cool and uh, uh, really appreciate the experience. Hey, tell your family congratulations. We're going to select you with a 25th pick. We were waiting months to make it official. Trevor Lawrence, number one draft pick. And, you know, we always had to say, if the Jaguars selected, how good does it feel that it's now official and it really happens? Well, I feel really good because we did our due diligence. That wasn't, we didn't make that decision back in uh, November. You know, certainly I wasn't here. And then we went into it. Eyes and ears wide open. We did Zoom calls and listened, and it was not given to anybody. I don't believe in that. You know, there's just like Trevor's not going to be given a starting job. You know, everything in this organization is earned, and Trevor Lawrence earned the first pick of the draft. I will add this too, just about our culture. The, the best thing going right now, I don't want to forget about our current players. You know, this is really important, but even more important is what's going on in this building. Uh, the, make no mistake, the Jaguars got very good players. There's a very good core group of players, and uh, now we got to. Now you know what we got to do. Got to go coach them and coach them hard. Plenty more with Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke available on the team website. Let's move to Wednesday's Huddle Up podcast. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, Jaguars.com senior writer John Osher, and yours truly discussed the star power of Trevor Lawrence, and it could be the biggest star on and off the field to join the league since another quarterback that wore number 16 in college. You could make the argument, this is the biggest star to enter the NFL since Peyton Manning entered the NFL. What I mean by that, the brand being so established. Everybody knew who Peyton Manning was. JP, I think you're old enough to have remembered his college Uh, years. Very well. Everybody knew Peyton and the whole Heisman stuff. I mean, this was a huge brand name to enter the league. I don't know that there's been a bigger brand, a more well-known superstar. Everybody sort of loves this kid. Everybody knows who he is. Has there been one since him? I mean, this is the biggest star to enter the league in 23 years. I, you know, I'm not sure it's that close. Yeah. Uh, Mike Was Mike Vick, he was a big name, but it wasn't this. Well, yeah, yeah it's a little different. And I guess the combination of it, big star, which I don't think anybody would doubt that Lawrence is a star. Vick was a big star. I mean, he was a big deal. But there were questions about what that was going to look like, meaning how well his game would translate a prototype. I mean, there was all sorts of stuff that you weren't quite sure what kind of quarterback he would be, which I think that was 
a fairly fair question all throughout his career. A, a megastar, but you weren't sure that that was going to be a great quarterback. It, it turned out to be. Luck's sort of the opposite of that, I think. Mm-hmm. With Luck, you knew. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback. I've never seen a quarterback that I knew for sure was going to be as great as Andrew Luck when he was coming out. I was dead sure he was going to be great. But he wasn't quite the star that Lawrence and Manning were. Football people loved Luck. But he had played at Stanford. They had been on TV some, but there was not the brand name of Andrew Luck. I don't think there's a Trevor Lawrence. Bucky, I don't know if you see it that way. Yeah, no, no. I think I, I see it exactly how you see it. Trevor Lawrence is clearly a bigger star than Andrew Luck was. Andrew Luck was celebrated and lauded as a, a potential number one pick for a long time, but he didn't have the star power. Some of that has to do with uh, Trevor Lawrence playing on a big stage, winning a national title as a freshman and having three years of that to continue to build and establish his brand. There's something to that. And let's be honest, also like Trevor Lawrence plays in the Southeast. He doesn't mm-hmm. play in the SEC, but Dabo Swinney had wanted to build a team that was SEC-like. And so the way they played, the brand of football, the proximity uh, from Clemson to Jacksonville, but really Clemson being a brand, being a team that is always in the college football playoff. I mean, I feel like we saw Trevor Lawrence every <laughs> weekend particularly when it mattered. And he was so the fa- face of the sport. Yeah. And, and with so luck, you always saw him at night. I mean, it, yeah, was, it, it was, it was West a different Coast, thing. Yeah. So, so, so Trevor comes in with a level of cachet and recognition that we haven't seen since Peyton Manning entered the league. Like, cause Peyton was there when Peyton went back for that fourth year, he went back for his senior year that even further established his brand. And so Trevor certainly has, and he certainly enters the league with a different level of cachet than some of these other number one picks will enter. And Peyton didn't win the Heisman. Think about that. I mean, that's crazy to, to go back and think about that. Charles Woodson won it, right? Charles, Charles Woodson, Woodson. That was the Charles yeah. Woodson year. It was unbelievable. But it was, Charles Woodson's and pretty don't deserving. don't think that that doesn't still stick in Peyton's <laughs> craw. <laughs> I bet it does. Don't Absolutely. think for a minute. He, he, he never be, told me that. He couldn't beat Florida. I know. He could darn sure beat Alabama. I know that for a fact. (laughs) Holy smokes. The Huddle Up podcast runs Wednesday mornings on the Jaguars official podcast network. Staying with the Lawrence star power conversation, before last football season, we saw him leverage that star power. He was a leader in the social injustice matters of last summer for the Clemson team and was a major part of the we want to play narrative when conferences were deciding whether or not to have a college football season. The voice of the Clemson Tigers, Don Munson, joined me last Friday to explain. His work off the field was vital for this past season to really go off. Well, I think that this past summer for for Trevor was of immense importance to be where he is today as, as the number one overall pick in the draft because he grew up as a young man is what he did. He, he realized the platform that he had. He realized the significance that he had in the college game. Certainly he's the, he was the face of the Clemson program. And if you're the face of the Clemson program, that means you're going to be one of the faces of college football at this point in time. And he, again, he just, he went out and he did the things that needed to be done. He was, he and a, a, a walk-on Darian Rencher who plays running back for us, those were two of the guys here that in the social injustice part, they were the ones that put together the Zoom call with about 26, 28 players from all over the country. And so that's where that kind of started. And then, you know, that the hashtag we want to play, you know, he was obviously behind behind that as well. So he realizes that I think the influence that he can have in a community 
Uh, and I, if you're not, if you're not in Jacksonville and you're not excited about that, just that one aspect that he will bring to this franchise, let me tell you right now, he's already made your franchise way better without ever playing it down. And uh, he's, he is just that kind of individual that is just going to draw people to him. And then, and then when he's there, he is a great servant leader. Believe me, I, I always love to use the term, do you wash other people's feet? Trevor Lawrence knows how to wash other people's feet, no matter the age, no matter the race or the creed. Our thanks to Munson for his time late last week. When we return, ACC Network Analyst Eric McLean on running back Travis Etienne's development at Clemson. Plus, NFL Network reporter Judy Batista reflects on Shad Khan's excitement for the future. Plus, a preview of our conversation with draft guru Daniel Jeremiah. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And season tickets are flying out the door. It's been busy in the ticket office. If you haven't purchased, now would be a good time to jump in. If you've already placed a deposit, check the link in your email to pick your seats. And for any ticket questions, visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you download your pods. This program each Friday, Jaguars Reporters Mondays, the Huddle Up Pod on Wednesday, the Ozone Podcast, and of course, Happy Hour and Drive Timer archives here as well. Give us that five-star rating as always. Late last week, we got the Clemson perspective of the Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne selections from Eric McLean. He's a former Clemson offensive lineman, but is now an analyst for ACC Network and ESPN. We discussed how Lawrence's play helped everyone around him on offense, plus what strides Etienne made for the Tigers. How did he improve the play of those receivers and the skill guys around him in his three years at Clemson? They were pretty darn good anyway, but when you have that type of accuracy and dependability at quarterback, it can only lift all the ships. The rising tide raises all ships, it feels like. There's no question. And there's also no question that he did have great receivers. I mean, we look at these guys in the league now, some guys that are going to be coming behind him. And I think really, you know, you saw that his sophomore year where, you know, maybe he was reliant too much on the receiver and he would throw up some balls that he knew his guys could make, but it was a dangerous pass. You saw that that evolution from sophomore to junior year where, okay, I'm going to throw guys open. I'm going to throw you to where you need to be. And I'm going to trust that you can get there. And I think that's the difference that, you know, he understands and it rightfully so as a sophomore, I mean, this guy just went undefeated, broke every record possible as a freshman. Why not throw some stuff up? Let's see what happens. Uh, And then, like I said, you saw him get better to where it's okay. I'm going to take it all in my control. He had a little bit smaller receivers this year. He didn't have that big, you know, 6'4", 6'5", T. Higgins, Justin Ross, who was hurt, who will be coming back for Clemson. So he had to be much more accurate, much more precise with his throws. But I think it's great experience to have both. You know, if if the Jaguars go out and get a bigger, taller receiver, he's done that. If they keep the the guys that they have now, those compact 6'2", 6'0", receivers, 
he's used to throwing to those guys as well. Eric McLean with us from ACC Network. Let's. It also helps a quarterback with a running game. And Travis Etienne <laughs> is uh, the the all time rushing leader in Atlantic Coast Conference history. He's got that unbelievable speed. Uh, we've seen him in so many breakaway touchdown plays at Clemson over the last four years or so. How do you compare his game? Is there a back NFL back in the past? Do you do, do you even do that? First of all. And second, (laughs) what is the best part of his game to you? Yeah. I think when you look at what he has become and the evolution that we have seen Travis Etienne over these last couple of years, you've got to look at Alvin Kamara and a guy that is so versatile as a receiver, as a pass catcher out of the backfield, but also very effective as a runner. As well, I think that's exactly what Travis can become or or was in college and can be in the NFL. It's all going to be about, you know, what that coaching staff wants to do with him. And that didn't just happen overnight. You know, I remember early on his freshman year, he couldn't catch a a pitch out of the backfield, (laughs) let alone line up in the slot and run a route. Uh, And now he, he saw that he identified, okay, this is a real weakness of my game. I need to improve on it and spent hours and hours after practice, not official workouts with Trevor, with Amari Rogers, the great receiver in this draft, and said, I want to get better catching a ball. So he's on the jug machine. He's on the tennis ball machine, catching them one-handed. He's got the blinders where he can't see and can't look down, you know, doing all this thing with hand-eye coordination, and you see the results. So, so he is a guy that is so committed to being the best version of himself, whatever the Jaguars ask. I mean, if it's gained a little bit of weight, if it's get bigger here, work on this, uh, he's going to do it. And he's going to do it very quickly and be very dedicated. So when you look at his game, you talk about what is the best piece. You know, it's got to be just he's a home run waiting to happen. You know, he came on my podcast. We discussed that. I, that's what I asked him. I said, if I'm an NFL GM, why am I drafting you? And then that's what he said. You know, I, I am a touchdown waiting to happen. And I think it's true. I mean, the guy scored 78 touchdowns in his career, the ACC leader, uh, was truly remarkable to watch, but catching the ball out of the backfield, that's a close second. Our thanks to everyone with ESPN and ACC Network for the conversation with Eric McLean last week. Moving along to the Ozone Podcast. John Osier's guest this week, someone who's been around the organization a good bit recently, NFL Network reporter Judy Batista. She had inside access to Jaguars owner Shad Khan late last week and had more insight to Urban Meyer's sports performance plans. Tell me about your impressions with Shad, and I dig a little deeper on his giddiness. What overall is he most excited about? I think he's excited about um, not just Trevor Lawrence, the person, and not just Urban Meyer, the person, but he called this a transformational moment for the franchise. I think he just feels good about the direction they're going in refreshed about um the you know the state of the franchise and the future of the franchise um he's obviously very excited about trevor but i he he, the way he put it to me was he felt like he didn't just have the first overall draft pick in the draft but he also had the first overall pick of head coaches um he's not surprisingly, very high on Urban Meyer and on all the things Urban wants to do um, to sort of modernize the franchise. He, you know, he was, uh, Shad was pretty candid about, you know, you can have the same principles about winning and and competing, but you've got to have 21st century practices. You can't have, you can't 
think that the game is being played and that athletes are being handled the way they were in the 20th century and expect to succeed in the 21st century. That's just not how it goes anymore. Um, and so I, I think he feels quite good about the direction that Urban Meyer is going to take the franchise in. I mean, you know, you know this, but I mean, Urban has his hands on everything and he's been given really carte blanche to reshape the franchise, you know, top down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to Urban quite a bit about that. Like, you know, we always use the term culture change. How how do you change the culture of a franchise um, when you can't even get on the field for five months? I mean, what do you do in the meantime? Obviously, the best culture change is to win games. But what do you do in the meantime to get to that point? And so I talked to Urban for quite a while about that. I guess to follow up, what did he say? What were some of the high points uh, that he thinks he can get changed? Well, he really emphasized he thinks the biggest change they've already made is to sports performance. And that's really, you know, like a catch all term for how you take care of players, how you treat players. He really emphasizes like things should be you should have the best of the best for the players like this should be a franchise built around supporting the players and doing everything you can to maximize the players, which is not just good for the team, it's good for the players, mm-hmm. right? And and that means everything from, you know, nutrition, uh, treatment facilities, right, recovery facilities, um, you know, personalized attention to their diets, personalized attention to their weightlifting regimen, just everything geared to getting the most out of players. And of course, players like that, they want their bodies to be taken care of. And that maximizes their career, and obviously their earnings that go along with it. And certainly, it has benefits for the team, right? I mean, if players are performing at their peak, that's, that's good for the team generally. So he really has emphasized that. And he said, he's, he's been interested in that since he was a receivers coach at Colorado State, like he used to send his receivers to go run track on the theory that the track coaches know how to teach speed. He didn't know how to teach speed, but they knew how to teach speed. So he's always been sort of interested in that. And, um, but he said, you know, it's hard to do it at college. He, they did it at Ohio state because they have obviously have big resources at Ohio state. But he says most college programs, you know, don't have those kinds of resources. Obviously NFL teams have those kinds of resources and you should be using them. Right. I mean, his feeling is, you know, the modern athlete, he, as he put it is, it's like a high performance sports car mm-hmm. and you have to maintain it like a high performance sports car car or just like a sports car it will break down you do not want players breaking down and he said he was really inspired by you know he would talk to his old players from Florida and Ohio State who would go into the NFL and then their careers would end kind of prematurely and he would ask them what you know what the heck happened like you know i know you've got gas left in the tank and they would tell him you know, they don't take care of your bodies in the NFL. And so that's always been in his head that, you know, you got to take care of these guys. And he wants, you know, if guys want dry needling and acupuncture and plunge pools, then that's what they should have. The Jaguars should be supplying that, right. you know, you shouldn't have to go outside to find somebody to do dry needling. Why wouldn't the franchise provide that? So that was a big point of emphasis for him, and I think it's going to be a huge point of emphasis going forward for the franchise. Check out the full Ozone podcast now on the Jaguars official podcast network. Let's wrap this week with a preview of an interview airing Monday on Jaguars.com. NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah shares his upcoming vacation schedule and what to expect at first sight from this Jaguars team. Daniel, good to see you, man. I, I'm shocked you're not on vacation yet, by the way. 
not tomorrow. This is it. This is a, this is the last night, and then uh, and then I'm a pumpkin. So uh, it's it takes about four days to kind of wrap your arms around everything that just happened, and then after that, I'm done. Well, everything that happened here seems pretty positive for the Jaguars. First NFL draft for Urban Meyer, of course. Trent Baalke's yeah. been through this a few times. Them working together. It seemed like a smooth transition working with each other, identifying the type of players that Urban wants in the organization, and then Baalke executing the draft, them together, going out and getting the prototypical type guys that they want to build here. Yeah, it was definitely a, a first off the bus draft. I mean, when you look at the guys that they got, they fit all the uh, all the measurables that you'd be looking for here. So, a lot of them were high, you know, big time, big time recruits that I'm sure Urban had a relationship with and had talked to um, at, at the high school level, and they, they a lot of name brand programs. It was just, uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of a theme that kind of followed them throughout this draft, but. Uh, they're going to look. They're going to look the part when they get off the bus next year. I can promise you that. The full conversation with Jeremiah runs Monday on Jaguars.com. Thanks for the subscription to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a five star rating. That'll do it for this week. Have a great weekend and thanks for listening. I'm JP Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.